When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Um, so I guess we're back. Oh, wait, should we start? I don't know. It's Lena. not time yet. Wait, is it time? What time is it? Are we starting? Is it? It's two fifty. It's three seven. It's five, been a while since we've done this. I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do we again. even start a show? I I don't I don't think I told you this, but like I I quit halfway through a season because I was so bored of Drag Race and I got so busy. You also you also I don't know if I told you this, but you also quit drag for like a hot minute. Season. So have you? You've done <laughs> yeah. it before. I feel like somebody's listening to us. Is it Vicky? Uh, probably Vicky. Definitely Vicky. She's our only listener. Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think it's time we let the audience in on the joke. Hi, everybody. It's me, Hillary Ass. <laughs> and it's me, Selena Vile, and welcome back to a brand new Squirrel Talk. Brand new? What do you, what do you mean brand new? I don't like brand new, newfangled things. Like it, but Hillary, we have to change things up. Things got so stale for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think what you're meaning is like Squirrel Talk. We've what we've been doing is talking about Drag Race all the time, right? It's just like we yeah, just and people drag race. love it. They eat it up. We won awards. We're doing great. Yeah, but, but it's you know, to keep um, up with that, it, I think it's been like I think we were trying to count how many like quote unquote seasons of Squirrel Talk we've done versus seasons of Drag Race that there have been. And I guarantee, I think we've probably, including Vicky's time and all that stuff, like done like 10, 12 seasons of Squirrel Talk. At least we've covered regular seasons, all-stars, international seasons. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's been a lot. And it, and the thing is like, it kind of just feels like, you know, when the bus comes in the morning and you're just like, you know, Roxy Andrews wouldn't understand this, but, um, <laughs> Oh my God, stop. <laughs> Sorry, but when the bus comes, I'm problematic already. See, I'm problematic. Um, <laughs> when the bus comes in the morning and then it comes again and you're like, it's just the same bus over and over again. Like we keep watch, like trying to review people with fashion sense and we just, we don't have any. So like the... the yeah, the, it's, the who fashion, are we to review people's runway? <laughs> Exactly. Like the drag race runways at this point are so effortlessly incredible. I'm like, it's just lots of yes. Thank you. Amazing. (laughs) And as improvisers, we love a yes and. We love a yes and. But right now we're going to give ourselves a no but and say, Mm. what if we didn't review drag race? And what if we reviewed drag, period? Yeah, drag itself. Yeah. <laughs> in all its forms, uh, in all of its beauty, in all of its 
issues and all of its ugliness. Yeah, because like I think something that we don't necessarily talk about um, necessarily up front is like are the drag issues, like the issues in drag. And I think we've, you know, I'm just kind of tired of the fact that we often do talk about drag issues in Squirrel Talk. Yeah. Uh, but the title of the episode ends up being like RuPaul's Drag Race episode seven, Shantae, you stay. And we talked about like misogyny or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You know, it's true. like, well, no, the, the good for me, the meat and the amazing thing about our, our podcast was like, we talked about something important, not that we were like, oh yeah, Pearl looked great this episode. You know, like it's kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Know. We didn't, we didn't, we never just stuck to the script of Drag Race. We always brought in our own personal uh, vendettas into the, uh, into the fold. Uh, and uh, I say, let's just cut out the drag race and let's just get to us, the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. Which one's the meat and which one's the potato? I'm, I'm, I'm the meat, you're the potato. I'm definitely the potato. <laughs> um, as I said in an episode of a thing I created a long time ago as Dr. Oos, uh, Dr. Oos, uh, did Hillary's physical and was like, Hillary, you are a fat potato. And uh, I agree. <laughs> Wait, you did Dr. Ooze for Hillary or for Boa? <sighs> for both. Dr. Ooze is one of my long running gag characters. No one cares. <laughs> but, but no, but why have I only seen, this is one of my issues with drag. Why have I only seen Dr. Ooze through Boa's video? Oh, exactly. Because Dr. Reese has made more appearances than that. It's just, you know, no one watches my content. They watch Boa's content. <laughs> it's true. I do actively ignore your content. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're probably one of the only people that watches it. There's always a comment from Selena Vial, and I'm like, thank you, Selena. I for- do. I love, honestly, if you have never watched, go to Hillary's YouTube, go to her Instagram <laughs> reels and watch her videos because they are, there's so much work that goes into them and they are legitimately so fucking funny they're so funny you have such funny fucking videos and i wish people and they're original it's all original content and i wish more people understood that and and cared about original content yeah original content's tough but you know all i can do is try and be funny and selena has some incredible lip syncing uh videos out there where you love to promote people like your your friend there, Shirley Gnome, or, or yeah, I don't know. You you just love getting, I don't know. Just well, I have out. a lot of really talented friends. I have a lot of friends yeah. who are like mega talented that I've met over my career over the last like twenty years. Like I met Shirley Gnome doing, um, uh, a film. We went to film school together when she was eighteen and I was twenty one, uh-huh. back in Vancouver in like the early two thousands, and uh, and so. She is the funniest comedy writer. I think it's more, I want more drag queens. Every time I perform them, I'm like, everyone's always like, drag queen should be performing this music. It is, first of all, excellent vocals, hilarious topics, yeah. hilarious lyrics. It's the, and it's all very sexual. It's all very uh, in your face. It's so good and smartly done. So yeah. listen to Shirley Gnome. That's what I'm going to say right now. Listen to Shirley Gnome. I agree. Shirley Gnome, any content by Shirley Gnome is like a drag queen wet dream. It's so good. It's so lip syncable and it's so funny. She's like Wendy Ho without the black scent. I mean, yeah. Or uh, our friends Flo and Joan. We we often yes. do their duets. Um, they're a lovely British uh, sister duo. C- hilarious comedy songs. Yes. They got really famous on that 2016 16 song. They were like, Was it 2016? 
Yeah, it was their song was literally like 2016. Oh, the worst. We, and it was very, very funny. Well, we have really been hating on years for that long, eh? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember an article in 2013 calling 2013 the year of the outrage. And oh, ever since then, just, yeah, that was 2013. And then, so it's been that long that we've been like blaming years for oh, our well, I think it. I think it really has to do with social media, don't you? I mean, yes, a hundred percent. It's all about social media. We never talked about it like this before. No, it's so easy to get into that perpetual cycle of doom or dread or misinformation or whatever. Yes. And you know what I hate is when a celebrity dies and people are like, "Can twenty twenty two just end already?" And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know that celebrity didn't die because of the year, right? Like, you yeah. know that that celebrities yeah. always have been dying. Have been there dying. Have been celebrities. Yeah. It's like, why can't you, why can't it be like, you know, 1995 when no celebrities died whatsoever? <laughs> like, my favorite is when it's an old person, like Florence Leachman or like, or Betty White. And they're like, oh no, the year took her. And I'm like, she was 99, bud. Like, like it, it was really she sad. Had to though, go when, she was lucky to live as long as she did. It was really sad when Betty passed away, like a day before some big event that she was going to be at. <laughs> Yeah, what she was, was the last Golden Girl too, eh? Oh my goodness, she was, and she la- she outlasted them by a long time, by like at least a decade. <sighs> Just all four of them are legends, and yes. we're working on a Golden Girls show. Hopefully, I hope it might be out. I don't know. We might be working on it at this point before the podcast gets out. Yeah, depending on when you listen to this, we got some Golden Girls news. So uh, keep watching our socials because if you missed it, we'll do it again. So don't worry. Oh, for sure. Like, it's one of our things. This is the, I think the year of outrage was 2013. What do you, what do you consider like 2023, 10 years later? Like, what is this year for you, Selena? Uh, I think this is a year of not caring anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just like not putting any goals into place, just letting the year take me from beginning to end and like just going all along for the ride. Right. And not trying to put pressure on myself to do anything specific. Yeah. Just letting it happen. I think for me, uh, this year is really like coming back to things and realizing who I am again. And you had a very, very (laughs) epic 2022. I know that throughout it, you were like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about my work. But then you look back on it and you did so many amazing things. Who I did, I don't say no one cares about my work. Don't you? Well, sometimes, but that's just my emotions. <laughs> Everyone's insecure at times. Come on, not me. I've never <laughs> been insecure a day in my life. <laughs> no, but I've learned a lot from that too. And you are right. Like twenty twenty two was quite the year. Uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And now I'm I'm in a different place, and I'm trying to see where. Uh, you know, how I can still do what I want to do, but also stand on my own two feet again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're blessed right now. You have a full-time job yes. at Second City. So you're yeah. involved in comedy, programming comedy shows at Second City. Yeah, which was a really crazy event to happen because um, not that I was not unused to it. I was kind of doing that before the pandemic, but yeah. since being in pandemic, 
kind of put me in a new trajectory for two and a half years uh, of like, I don't know, doing a thing, right, for everybody. And so like coming back to a full-time job was a very big adjustment. Yeah. And also having not unlimited amounts of time for my art. <laughs> yeah, a that's adjustment. the thing. Is there's a big trade-off because you have financial security, which art does not provide us. But then yeah. you also have less time to do the thing that you love so much, which is dragon comedy. Yeah, but it's like oh, an the evolution. Thing is that you're working, you are working in comedy, which is great, though. I'm thinking of it like a Pokemon, you know, like you can't stay a Squirtle forever. You have to evolve into a, a Blastoise eventually, you know, yeah, and yeah. it might be ugly. I don't, I don't get the reference. but It's I a Pokemon it. reference. It might be ugly, yeah. but, you know, it's still, I don't know. You got to learn to go with things sometimes. It's, uh, yeah. it's that kind of year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 go with it. Just go with the flow. Because you know what? You make plans for yourself. It doesn't work out that way. But good things happen anyway. Good things come to you uh, no matter what. So, I mean, like, look, at, like I was not planning on, on getting an agent and filming a movie last year, and I did that. Yeah. Um, There's yeah. some big changes that have happened for you also, kind of like coming into the, the, the post-pandemic yeah. world. Yeah, I wasn't planning on hosting the biggest brunch in the village, and... Uh-huh. Uh, and that fell on my lap. So like things just end up happening and you just got to go with it. I love doing the brunch. It's so fun. Yeah. It's a good and, gig and it's fun yeah. and it, and it actually pays quite well, which is not yeah. typical of <laughs> drag shows. Of these drag, days. Yeah. But that's um, a good thing about like something I, like since the pandemic, what I've done is I got myself a job in a restaurant, which I hadn't worked in for seven years. Yeah. And so it was like, I need financial security. I don't have, not that the restaurant is secure, but, uh, but I mm-hmm. haven't, I haven't been doing drag since the pandemic because there was nowhere to perform once, once we came out of it. And so I got myself this restaurant job. And then now that drag is fully back, I'm selective and choosy about what I do. Cause I'm like, I'm only taking gigs that will pay me more than I make at the restaurant. Right. Yes. So, I feel that way too, actually. It's like, yeah. and like I say, it's like kind of like an evolution. I'm very, picky about what I'm doing I don't necessarily want to just do drag for the sake of doing drag um uh, I'm letting things come to me and I'm pushing out myself only so insofar as stuff I can maintain and is worth it um you know yeah it it has to be worth it for me like um I'm so excited to do to do work with the b-girls uh coming up yes I saw that so that is a show uh, happening at Yuck Yucks. When is that? It's in February, no? Yeah, February, um, which is kind of have, a cool thing um, to be asked to do. Have you met the B-Girls before? Well, I met them in the pandemic. And so um, oh. they, they kind of got this opportunity to do something there. And so just kind of things have worked worked their way over the over time. It's kind of crazy. Uh, yeah. Or like uh, Napanee Pride. I'm doing Napanee Pride in February as well, which is really Wait, weird. Wait, why is there Pride in February? I don't know. Don't uh, Pride is all over the place. <laughs> 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 but uh, Napanee, I used to live in Napanee for like 10 years. Um, and that's a little you little place outside Kingston. Yeah. Didn't your, go to school with, didn't your sister go to school with her? Kind of. She was her friend for a hot minute. It was, yeah, it was that's, weird. I met Avril. She was okay. Um, <laughs> she was okay. Was she, she was okay. punk back then? Or no, she not, not at all. She punk? was, anyway, that's another story, isn't it? Give us the tea on Avril Lavigne. 
alive or is it Melissa? I was the skater boy, honestly. So there you go. That song was about you. <laughs> oh, look what happened to the skater boy. Turned into a skater woman. She uh, did. That's so funny. You should go on tour with Avril. <laughs> I hope that rumor goes everywhere now, and Avril finds out, and then she's like, "Shut up!" And then uh, uh, <laughs> she sends you a cease and desist. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. There's so many interesting things that are popping up, and but I'm I'm really focusing on like doing things that are making me happy, um, rather than like trying to scramble. And what's um, making you happy, Hillary? What is it for you right now? Oh, like comedy. Like, I want to do comedy. I want to put on a theater show, you know, that kind of stuff. Yay! Uh, what do you mean by a theater show? What are you looking for? Ooh, you know, like, I want. I just want to, you know, like, we do our show together. We want to do improv together yes. in drag. We want to, like, redefine you know, the normativeness for drag, uh, which seems to be always this kind of lip syncing getting pushed on and pushed on and there's so much more to drag like look at all the winners from drag race for crying out loud literally 50 yeah. percent of them are comedians 50 yeah. percent of them easily look at how bianca del rio can not do one single lip sync and still sell out an entire theater yes. look at how bob the drag queen is going to be opening for madonna on her world tour she's going with her to every stop Exactly. Jinx Monsoon is on, on Broadway in Chicago right now. Yeah. Which is why I thought it was, it's bizarre to, to, to discount like the power of comedy and drag. Um, yeah. You know, the dancing is important of course too. And we love it. We love it to go to the bar and watch the, the girls slay. Um, but man, I mean, don't discount comedy. It's, and, and comedy is hard. Comedy is very hard. It is very you know? hard, and I think a lot of people think it's easy. And I think a lot of people consider themselves comedians because they can be funny on a mic, like, as yeah. a host. They can get laughs. But telling the same regurgitated jokes that every other drag queen before you has said before does not make you a comedian. No, It does not mean you can it. handle a one-hour improv narrative show. We've seen it, haven't we? Oh my God, just over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, but I guess we kind of want to talk about like this, what's the topic, like the state of drag 2023. Oh, right. Is that what we're <laughs> supposed to talk about today? Is that the rule? Let's talk about the I state of drag. I think so. Cause we're kind of making squirrel talk, uh, into a topic based show. So yes. maybe we should talk about like how we want to do it. I think, um, I want to hear your like, let's talk about our predictions for drag in 2023 like what the scene is going to look like in 2023 oh. because I saw a lovely little trend at the very end of 2022 which was that people were coming out to drag shows that were outside of the village and were not lip sync shows um, I did my cabaret we've done our improv show uh, work the mic which I do with uh Visa uh, Decline, Honey Cruller, and Chance of Showers. That's been doing very well. Um, the Lip Sync show is coming back at Comedy Bar, and that's already sold out. So, like, there's, there's, and there's, there's newer queens now and newer kings and performers who want to be doing things outside of lip syncing and outside of Village Marathon Drag. I think people are tired of Marathon Drag. 
And I'm seeing yeah. a lot, a big, a big push for people to start finding alternate venues. Um, Ella Mayo is a young queen that I'm like really obsessed with right now because she has a really cool, distinct lip sync style and she does songs that are not top 40, which I always really appreciate. But then she yeah. also puts on shows outside of the village, shows that are themed, shows that have live singing and like her shows are doing very well. So it's, I have optimism that we're starting to want something more yeah. than, back, than background drag performers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I definitely see a change too. I think um, 2023. Messy Margaret's doing great with the bingos with, with, with Margaret, uh, with uh, Messy Productions. Yeah. I definitely say in Toronto, 2023 is the year of drag bingos. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think, they're everywhere. I, I think we're going to be making a stronger, weird foothold in the east end of Toronto as like this weird camp comedy uh, zone of drag in Toronto, which is very you, kind of exciting. Margaret are, are moving very well into the East End, and so is Visa Decline because she's running uh, Comedy, Comedy Bar Danforth. And then yeah. we also have Weird Alice in the West End who's doing amazing things at the uh, Paradise Theater, programming alternative or like B movies and uh, cult movies and doing it like and bringing in drag performers there. So, like, that's been um, a really fun thing to That watch. said, I also see. I don't know, the center of Toronto. Uh, I think Marathon Drag is here to stay in the center of Toronto. And honest to God, that's kind of the reasons why why I don't really care about <laughs> Church Street <laughs> anymore. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I can't exist there. They don't like me. Um, they like me, right. but they don't like what I do. So it's like, mm. um, right. but I'm also a little worried about the West End because... I think the West End is becoming drag raceified because so many of the queens from the West End have been on drag race lately. So like you've got Mosu who used to do an amazing brunch. Now it's a drag race brunch practically. And you know, I've got the uh Champagne who, who you know was on Call Me Mother. And so like there's all of this West End is kind of becoming very yeah, I, don't know, I find like homogenous and not right. interesting. Like it used I to don't. be grungy and fun. And now it's just like, what is it anymore? Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Cause I think Mosu has always been that she's always been that like glamor puss kind of girl. Yeah. Um, and then as far as Champagne goes, I don't think Champagne will like, I think she's a West End girl through and through. Like, I don't think she'll necessarily change into, um, a yassified <laughs> drag queen, uh, drag race style. Yeah. And she does look, look interesting people at her, at her brunch. Um, but I also see I, a lot of, a lot of movement of typical like center Queens um, yeah. to the West, to the West end. And right. that there, that worries me because they just bring their marathon style over there. Like there's venues that are popping up and then, you just see the typical church street queens over there doing their fives and six and spelling H and it's just like not that interesting to me anymore, but right. I don't know. Yeah. I do want to see people push themselves outside of the box and do more. Do more. Uh, I'm very sad the beavers closed. That's a yeah. big hit for the West end. It's a big, big hit. 
And then also cherry colas. I don't, I never hear about shows happening there. I don't even know if they still are, but you know, that it's used to tricky. be a nice little venue. Cause you know, 2023 is also the year of like, in my opinion, um, straight people inviting drag queens into their bars True. to do shows. It's Which happening I don't mind. a lot. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. I'm... Yeah. But you can only do so much for a straight audience like that. You know, you have to offer them something relatively safe. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't do like weird shit. You have to do drag bingo. You have to do lip syncing. You have to do, you know, that kind of thing. Don't you think? I don't necessarily, no, I don't. Like I just did a gig on the weekend in a straight space and I sung live uh, okay. and people were very into it. Uh, Bombay was there as well and she did lip sync, but she was both there to lip sync. Yeah. Uh, How much and- was Bombay paid versus you? <laughs> To be fair, she's the name that drew people in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask her tonight. You're on another show, I think. Uh, like our friend uh, Honey Cruller, Tom Hearn, is putting on shows again, lip synced. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge name on that show. Yeah, I Priyanka bet. Tasha. I bet she's. I bet she's being paid a pretty penny. <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> of course she is. But she's also the only drag queen on the show. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing the show, but I'm doing it out of drag, which I haven't performed out of drag in a very long time. I know. How do you feel about that? Like you've been pushed out of drag by Priyanka herself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I was given the option. I was told that I could okay. do it as Selena because I have done it before, Selena. But I feel weird doing it as a drag queen while right. not being one of the books lip sync assassins. I'm booked as an improviser, right? So. It is a different dynamic for me where I'm like, it kind of feels unfair that I'm one of the improvisers, but I'm in drag. Because the whole that, idea is improvisers yeah. lip, putting on a lip sync and seeing how creative they can be with yeah. their with their lip syncs. Um, I, I don't think it's fair period that I'm doing the show at all. <laughs> I think next time I'm asked, I might say no, because it doesn't feel really right. Um, but I feel like a very, I don't feel very confident in my... Uh, quick improvising i love our show because it's narrative and we can take our time and that's really where i sit well in comedy is like yeah through through character and through building yeah. uh building a scene and building a narrative I, I really excel at that but as far as like quick rapid pace improv i'm not as quick on my feet as i should be right yeah well, you'll, you just have fun you know like i think that's the fun thing no i think lip sync is a really interesting show like uh, <laughs> it certainly doesn't change the fact that improvisers get paid shit compared to everybody else, but um, <laughs> true, true. Although I think Tom goes out of his way to make sure people get paid, and this is he a does. sellout show, so I think we should he really be all right. does. Yeah, like yeah, I, I'm, then, I'm not trying general, to be. I'm not trying to be overly critical at all. Like I, I, I'm very no, no. appreciative of like no, it's, a, it's a proper criticism. Shows. I remember when. Uh, Sketcher Sims was running at Comedy Bar. That was a weekly sketch show. Every single week, they would write a brand new show. No yeah. one got paid. Not yeah. a dime. They got paid in drink tickets. Yeah, Sketcher Sims. For a yeah. weekly written show that was an hour and a half long. Everybody had to memorize. Everybody had to write. And they had a different host every week. The host didn't get paid. Nobody got paid. Except for, yeah. I think, the band. I think the band got, there was a band and they got paid. Yeah. That, was, that yeah. was something I took issue with. And it was considered a high honor to be the host because it was kind of like SNL. 
And um, out of the House of Licks, I believe you were asked to be a host and Vicky was asked to be a host. And I was shafted over and over again. <laughs> were you never uh, asked to be a host? <laughs> of course not. I wasn't on Camp Wanakiki famous at that time. <laughs> That's true. Boo. You know, Visa's also hosted it. Oh, but... God damn it. Visa did host it. Like, I've been so shit. This is the thing. I always get shafted. I always get shafted. You do. <laughs> uh, you do. But I think there's a Hillary Renaissance coming. I think the past year you showed a lot of great work that a lot of people were really impressed with. The renaissance of Hillary Yass. The um, Hillary Yass renaissance. It's your time. Well, I think, I think I've showed a lot of, as they say on Wanakiki, campy, can-do attitude. Yeah. You know? There's a there's a certain virtue to sticking with it as well. Uh, and so stick it stick with itness. That's a good term for 2023. Stick with it. Stick, is it not stick to itiveness? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> stick to itiveness? Yeah, I think it's I think it's stick to itiveness. Stick to itiveness? Is that like some sort of Ottawa thing? Stick to itiveness? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, literally you can't graduate grade eight in high school if you don't know how to use it in the sentence. You have to put. You have to spell stick to stick to itiveness. Itiveness. <laughs> that's right. S T I. S T I. That done. S T I. Stick to um, it. <laughs> well, um, do you want to talk about some drag issues that uh, some people are bringing up as the state of drag twenty twenty three? Yeah, let's gloss over some topics we may be covering this season. Yeah, that people have brought up okay why don't you go first what is something that you have heard a lot in your uh in your quest to f- discover people's gripes with drag these days so of course um i i i've just put a little question out on my facebook just kind of asking friends like what what they think some issues are um and i think the first issue that is very important to talk about is drag race oversaturation yeah, that's a thing. There's um, or so just drag seasons and it's endless. It doesn't end. I and one of the things I was talking about, uh, thinking, uh, I calculated. <laughs> that's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, was did you know that there has been as many winners uh, of dra- of a drag race franchise, some kind, any type, yeah. since Priyanka. As there had been before Priyanka, and Priyanka only won two years ago. Yeah, so there there was like twenty winners up to Priyanka, and since Priyanka, there's been twenty winners. True. Like, wow! We are getting almost a winner of Drag Race per month. How are we supposed to keep up with this? And how? How are drag queens affording this? Because the level of drag expected on that show is so high. Yeah, it is. Now, I personally do not mind the oversaturation because we as individuals have the power to turn it off. We don't have to watch every single season. And especially the international seasons, those queens deserve their own market. They're not allowed to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. They need their own market for it. We Canadians, we need our own market for it. The French yeah. ones, the, the 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 Spanish, the Filipinos, like they all need their own drag race. And we, we're, we're not obligated to watch any of them. It's nice to, 
I do it on my own time. Like I, I watched France late. I haven't watched Italy yet. I haven't watched Philippines yet. Yeah. Um, so like, just do it. Yeah. I think you don't just let go of the idea that you have to know everything about drag race and just yeah. pick the ones you want to watch and watch those. Yeah. But the, the thing that I've noticed, which is very interesting for me was that I used to, in my spare time, just kind of like have fun and rewatch old episodes of drag race. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, "Oh, I have nothing on, nothing to watch right now." Who messaged you on... just now? Who's who, who's your message from? <laughs> Apple, <laughs> Apple, it's fr- freaking Apple. It was nobody. It was just a computer. Computer's trying to Gwyneth, get at me. I said something, Gwyneth and Paltrow's I triggered something. Daughter, Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter, Apple Paltrow, is trying to reach you right now. Yes, I'm famous. That's what happened. Delray, <laughs> <laughs> say hi. Hi, Apple. How you doing, Apple? Oh, she says she's gooped. She's gooped and gagged. Oh, she's been rocking drag race. <laughs> well, where else do you think Gwyneth got the term goop? Um, oh, my God. It was stealing from queer people in general. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's always been her MO. I've always been on to her. Okay. Um, my, so- my candles have smelled like vaginas forever. <gasps> that's one of her candles, isn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, it smells like a vagina. Yeah, it was very strange. Aye, aye, aye. Did you ever uh, see her remarkable. when she went on Jimmy Fallon and he asked her, he was like, okay, what does this do? And literally she had no answer for anything. She didn't know what <laughs> any of her products did. Most of her it was, most of her products are pretty snake oil. Let's be honest. Yes, They're they are. Not, <laughs> you know, do, do you know any crystal gays? Are there a lot of crystal gays? Are you a crystal gay? What, you mean like doing crystal math? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I'm sure we know them too. Um, no, I mean like people who carry around energy crystals, you know? Oh, like, funny you should say that. I actually bought a couple in November and I walk around with them every day. Um, oh, you're a crystal gay. Oh. I'm turning into one, I guess, because <laughs> I, was, I was going through a very heavy depression. That's when I canceled our show in November. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was very in a very dark place and yeah. i did go into a crystal store to buy something for a friend of mine for her birthday who i knew she wanted something from there so i got her something and then as i was there i was like wait a minute what does this do what does this do what does this do so i ended up getting getting one for joy and one for i forget what the other thing was it's not abundance what was it It was joy and serenity money money no no because i'm not concerned about money right now yeah um but I was really concerned about my mental health and my depression. So I got joy and serenity to kind of like soothe my brain. And I walked around with it every day and it did make me feel better. I mean, did yeah. it? I don't know. But my brain, it's, it's maybe it was a placebo effect, but there was an effect and it was helpful. Yeah. Are you, a crystal, are you not a, a crystal gay? I'm not a crystal gay, uh, but I, I have my own hot objects. I used to call them hot objects from theater school. We called them hot objects. You just put Ooh, something like that. that you have a memory, some sort of memory or something attachment to in your pocket. You just so you have a little secret. You have your little secret. You're like, I have a oh. I have a ham sandwich in my pocket. Have... Mm, no one knows. Is that what is that what your is that what your object was? What was it? Um, I can't tell. <laughs> 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 it's a secret. Okay, but where were we? We were talking about something. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Some sort of like... We were talking about crystals and what you had in your pocket. 
Yeah, but before Crystal's in Pocket, I was talking about, like, the state of the world or something. You're talking about going back and watching previous episodes of Drag Race, and then you ended up asking me about Crystal's. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Going, previous episodes of Drag Race, but, you know, like, that was the thing. Like, going back and watching previous episodes of Drag Race used to be, like, fun. I'd like to, like, oh, let's go watch the episode with Jinx Monsoon when she, she did that thing or she had that fight with Roxy or something. Yeah. But these days, there's so much drag race. Um, I don't rewatch anything at I know. all. And it's I kind know. of kind of weirdly depressing. It's weird, you know? Yeah. My, my problem with it is that we're moving so fast through it. We're forgetting, yeah. we're forgetting the iconic moments we saw. So we don't have time to sit and appreciate them. Yeah, what do you think of season 15 uh, hacking down the, the format from like an hour and a half to 40 minutes? I okay. actually love it. <laughs> do you know what's really interesting is Peppermint posted, like nobody cared when the season nine premiere was only 41 minutes. Mm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I went back and looked and Drag Race used to be 40 minutes long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a problem. No. And and like there were 15 queens on this episode where it was cut down to 40 minutes. Yeah. And there were 15 queens that walked into season 15 or season 9, sorry. Yeah. So I think what the issue is is not with the length of the episode, it's with the editing. I don't mm. know how they got away with doing episodes back then that like were actually fulfilling to watch whereas this last episode we saw was completely hacked like we didn't get to know anybody's personality there was like nobody there like we didn't get to watch them in their challenges we didn't get to watch them on the runway it went by so fast how did that happen i don't know it's definitely a different style that they're doing and maybe it's for the mtv generation but i do appreciate them going to a a quicker faster pace because those those episodes i thought were getting so long hillary asked from the future i'm just going to cut myself off to tell you that we're going to take a break oh i totally agree they were getting so long but apparently it was because of that show that was after that wasn't that good anyways we'll get back to it in a minute squirrelies Okay, we're back. Okay, well, um, Selena, why don't you? We were talking about long episodes and stuff like that. Selena, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you think the episode should have been so long? Amazing segue, right? <laughs> but my argument for a long episode is that these queens paid fifty thousand dollars to be there, and, and they deserve their time. Have- 5,000 episodes of Drag Race to watch at this point. So, (laughs) as a a watcher, I do not care, Samantha. (laughs) But keep in mind, you don't have to watch all of those episodes. Well, but you you can't say that to a true Drag Race fan. Uh, And all the true Drag Race fans have the minds of 12-year-olds because they are 12-year-olds. You know, so they will say, no, you have to watch everything. You have to watch everything. That's a lot. Uh, I'm that way with Real Housewives. Whenever someone, like yesterday, someone said that they started watching Real Housewives of New York from season six. And I was like, why would you not start from season one? You have to get the full history. You have to get the full history. Mm. 
Well, there you go. You you spent most of the pandemic trying to catch up on all of the Real Housewives, and I did it. Are they real? Is did you come to a conclusive answer? Are they real? Let me tell you something. Those New York Housewives, they're real. They're the real. New York ones are a hundred because New Yorkers are fucking wacky, right? Like they're you are doing science's work. <laughs> I am. I'll tell you something. Beverly Hills, not real. Not real. What's up? Not real. Everything on that show is backstage manipulation. Did you see the new the newest show that's coming out? Uh, the dra- the gay friends of L of WeHo or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I saw well, the preview for it. I will not be watching the episode. Will you? No, I don't. I don't. I don't buy into the drag the drag wives things. I am just. Not, I'm just not into it. I don't understand why they think people want that. Especially with that cast. It looks so basic. I mean, Countess Luann is fun. She's quite a character. Nene Leakes, you know. Yes. Like, the big characters are fun. But, you know, uh, Selling Sunset is a great example. You know, like, there's... I love Christine Quinn. Everyone else can go suck it. Honest to God. That is (laughs) such an overproduced show. And I have heard from people being like, none of those people are actual real estate agents. Like, none mm-hmm. of them actually work at the Oppenheim Group. <laughs> right? I mean, I just don't think it's possible. Uh, uh, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. And it's so funny, too, because you go on the Oppenheim Group website and you look at other selling agents. And yeah, those women are there. But yeah. there's like 50 other people who work there. Uh-huh. So what we're seeing on the show is not the complete, like, that's a cast. It's not, it's not the actual working environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It's a very weird show. Reality TV is not that real sometimes. If you had to buy a house from one of those Selling Sunset women, who would you want to buy one from? Christine Quinn. Are are you insane? (gasps) Obviously. Oh my God. I would not want her anywhere near my business dealings. Well, but at least she'd be interesting. I Chriselle can go to hell. I mean, correct. Like, yes, Chriselle is nothing. Chriselle is nothing to me. Like most of those women are just like trash yeah. bags. Of fire. At least Christine Quinn dresses nicely. Jesus, like come on. I I would want to buy from Maya. I like Maya. She's like the most professional and the most like she's funny and she's normal. Well, that's what you're supposed to think because that's called branding and marketing. I mean, She's it's not a very good brand. Reason. No one, no one pays attention to her. <laughs> <laughs> She's the voice of reason in a in a house of nitwits. Um, yeah, and that's why I okay, like her. So, I always like the voice of reason. Anyway, carry on. Yes, so, drag race oversaturation. That's, oh, right. That's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, okay, so I. I also really want to talk about um, our good drag friend, Eve6000, um, yes. brought up an excellent point about um, her not being talented whatsoever and yet being allowed to get on television. I, yeah. I think that needs yeah. to stop. Your, your question was, what, do you th- what are your problems <laughs> in drag these days? And she said not being talented, which, I mean, someone had to say it, and I'm glad it was her. <laughs> <laughs> i love that eve just like you know she looks at herself in such a such a funny way and she's such a funny girl um 
I don't think she necessarily came across great on TV. And that's the truth. Like, <laughs> I think she did. I think she came across awesome on TV. She was like the most memorable <laughs> character on that show. You're you're not wrong. That was the big reveal. She was the most re- memorable person from that whole season. <laughs> yes. She was. Although Isis is really sickening. Like she did such yeah. a good job on that season. She deserved to win. But then seeing her on All Stars, I was like, oh, you're just like, you're everything. She's fucking everything. And she's from Ottawa. And trust yeah. me, I know Ottawa. No one there has any fashion sense. No one there has a sense of humor. It's so bizarre to me that she's at that level of drag. In and Ottawa. She lives in Ottawa. It kills yeah. me. <laughs> Isis is a really interesting case, but I mean, this that season, I don't know, it wasn't full of memorable people. Um, I remember her and Pythia, um, yeah. but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it. Uh, oh, wait, and oh, of course, Cynthia Kiss. Um <laughs> Who is our brand new label mate. She is yeah. joining us on... Are we allowed to announce it? I mean, it's probably going to air later, but... I mean, probably. Someone will special will be joining us on the Sonart Network, so we will no longer be the only Drag Queen podcast on this network. Yeah, which is why we're pivoting. Pivot! 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 Um, no, we're, we were we were thinking about pivoting a long time ago. We can't wait for Cynthia and, and or whatever to, to do their Drag Race thing so that we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> They were at the Canadian Podcast Awards. They presented an award. Yes, they were fake Trixie and tri- fake Katya. It was very funny. Yes, you and I also presented an award, but we didn't show up in drag, but we did show up in bad wigs. Yeah, we showed up in bad wigs and that called it a day. <laughs> um, okay, what are some other issues? Budget. Um, yes. Yeah, budget. Because drag is getting very expensive. Is it has it always been expensive? Do you think, or do you think it's just because Drag Race forces it's less us into forgiving this delusion? Now. No, like getting really, really good stuff in drag has always been expensive. However, it has been. There's an expectation, but there's an expectation now that everybody has to look at that level all the time. Whereas before, yeah. a lo- looking a little bit more busted was acceptable. Yeah, right. Like you didn't have to have the greatest wigs. You didn't have to have the greatest makeup. You didn't have to have the greatest outfits as long as you were a great entertainer. Whereas now, people are more concerned well, about the look because because of drag of race I, that's kind every- of what i'm thinking also like with you know um uh, like the west end of toronto like it used to be okay to be busted out there and now it just seems to be less okay to be busted out there true um, no i see what you're saying yeah um it's so weird um and i i mean pageantry has always influenced that you know like mistress on the current season of drag race is a great example of like what a queen is so put together because they were pageant background Do you but, know she's like, 24 years old god i i don't even want to know <laughs> it blows my mind that she's only 24 but like so well put together but like you know does does everybody need to be what about um what about freaking head of lettuce and and um um uh coco peru coco and and uh oh you know um the the one with the weird lips um the weird lips with the weird lips oh my god you could be talking about anybody sherry vine she's a a province town queen um she's very funny misconception yeah yeah sure (laughs) 
<laughs> or like Miss Richfield or um you know like the, there's like this whole um they they don't they don't they they dress down for, for being fun and funny and for frivol, frivolous and yes. there's a clown aspect to what they're doing and uh like you don't have to elevate everything uh necessarily um, right. there's a time for elevation. There's a time for excessive camp. Uh, <laughs> yes. And that's what I'm trying to do with drag is not elevate <laughs> anything. Just go back, revert, revert to, to, uh, anyway. I will say, and I credit you for inspiring me to do this, but my new face involves not blocking my eyebrows. I will never block my eyebrows Again, I have figured Ever. it out how to make myself look like I have drag eyebrows while also turning my brow into a crease. And most people do not clock it. Oh no, they really don't. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a quick fix, and you don't you don't have time just to color your brows in for the most part. I find it doesn't it doesn't necessarily cut down on time of doing yes it does it cuts down on time of doing makeup but it especially cuts down time on taking it off it's less painful having to remove all that glue it's so much easier it saved my life yeah and that's the that's the crazy thing when you're doing drag on a daily um it's (laughs) it gets to be a lot removal and application are time spent and, and none of that shit is good for your face. It is not good to put glue on your face. And we do it so often. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I have glue all over my face right now. <laughs> um, what is another thing? We've got... Um... Pay. Oh, pay. I mean, it ties into budget, but pay. pay. The fact that these marathon girls are getting 100 to max $200. I mean, headliners may be making 200 maybe. But $100 yeah. to do... 12 numbers in a three-hour show like get fucked get fucked is is that enough like or is it how much should they being paid do you think i can tell you that if i'm doing a private gig i will be making at least 250 to 300 for one to three numbers Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah, I think it's crazy, this expectation. And I think it's weirdly unique to places like Toronto. And I haven't found it too common. But, like, when I went down to the States to do some stuff, um, yeah. the expectation to do 55 numbers was not there. It was like, yeah, you just come and do, like, a, a couple. Did you find the pay outfit. was still shit, though? The pay was still shit. But, it was, but I didn't have to do 55 numbers for shit pay. I just had to do, like, two or three. Right? right. Like, whereas like in Toronto, it's like you have to do 55 numbers and have 75 looks and yeah. you'll get paid nothing. <laughs> so it's weird. Yeah. It's this weird culture. Like no one. And the weird thing about drag in Toronto is that there's these clubs, um, specifically cruising tangos, where it's like you go in and you don't even watch the show unless you're some sort of, uh-huh. I don't know, a uh, woman on your, you know, bridal shower. <laughs> Yeah, it's all background, baby. Yeah, it's like background. Like, why are, why are we doing it if it's just background? All they have to do is give the people a break. Let them dance. Let them do something. Give them a break. Give the performers a break. Well, and I think one of the reasons why in Toronto, um, camp and comedy gets so devalued is because everyone wants to go out and see the dancing queens and do their shablams. And they do their, they work their pussies off. And it's very damaging to them, frankly. 
It is. Um, and the only time they let up on that stage is when they let the comedy queen on or the host. And then everyone leaves the room and goes to the bathroom because it's the only chance they have to piss or smoke True. or make out with someone. You know what I mean? Like, True. <laughs> it's just nuts. Like, it's so hard to capture the attention. Um, That's why I like a queen like, like Kennedy St. James who's been doing it like a very long time. Mm-hmm. And she has the power to hold the microphone and not lip sync and just interact with the audience, talk to them, be a host. Uh huh. And she'll spend 75% of her show hosting and maybe yeah. 25% doing numbers. And that's the kind of drag performer I, I appreciate. Or like misconception. There's some really great Toronto Queens that have like learned to deal with it. But yeah, what I like about misconception is she puts on a production the show of shows. Yeah. Like so she has talk- a set show that she sells around. Yeah, and she works in PV. Um, yeah, and Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, yeah, so and Provincetown. Leapfrogging off this one, Ooh. we should talk about that one that you <laughs> you brought up, which I thought was so hilarious. Um, uh, Is it the one from Jelly? It, it take no. It, it it takes so long to go from um, open stages to actually getting booked. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, well. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. It's like, well, I mean, you know, Wait, here's what is the, the expectation? And like, why is booked getting so important to people? Yeah. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. You're not a working drag performer yet. So you probably have another job. So this is probably your side thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like for now it's a hobby. Consider it a hobby until you can make it a career and don't expect to make it a career right away. Like you have to pay your dues. Like I, it took me forever to get booked and, and also like I shouldn't expect to get booked and I just created my own shit. I booked myself. (laughs) Exactly. If you're not getting booked, book your own stuff. And I love the people who realize that that's what they should be doing. I bring it back to Ella Mayo. She's been doing drag for not very long and she's already producing shows and she's already doing so well with that. Um, But also like a lot of these new performers are coming out and expecting bookings and they don't, not only are they not great performers necessarily, but they don't have any training. Like a lot of really great performers who are getting, who do get, like who jump up to get booked, they have something, right? Like Bangkok, who changed her name to Destiny Doll, actually. So she's Destiny now. Destiny. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah. She, I did open stages for a few months and then has quickly gotten booked and is everywhere. And it's not just because she's a dancing queen, but it's because she has that thing. She has like a dynamic thing that people want to watch. She's funny. She's like, yeah, she's entertaining. Um, or um, uh, Michaela Walker Louboutin or whatever. Yeah, she's got the thing. She just has that thing. And it's just like so watchable. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, everyone's good. And there's lots of good performers that are coming up. It's just like, what are you, you know, there's already people out there that might be like you. So like, you know, yeah. respect that. Learn who they are. Like, go to them for tips. Go to them for mentorship. Don't expect that you can just walk all over their job that they have spent years cultivating. I know know? a queen who was upset. I would love to push Baby Beldell down a flight of stairs. But (laughs) it's just not, 
it's not appropriate. I, I love her. She's wonderful. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't done it yet. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> I know a queen who was so upset that Carlotta Carlisle was not following her back on Instagram. Oh, come on. And went up to her at a show and said, are you Charlotte? And she went, no, I'm Carlotta. And then she went, oh, and walked away. And I'm like, you can't be upset that you as a newer queen are not being followed by an older queen who doesn't even care about Instagram. She's not following everybody. Like she doesn't have to, nobody has to follow you. Like get over that. But also nobody has to book you. There are so many of us. There's a, this is a very oversaturated market. I've had to book myself on a lot of things. I still do. Um, And pay your dues and, also be a good performer and get training. Like a lot of people just show up to an open stage and think that they're ready. But like yeah. you and I have gone through so much theater training. We have performance backgrounds. I was yeah. a musical theater performer for a very long time. And I was a comedian for a very long time before I yeah. even stepped into drag. But a lot of these people are know. like, Oh, I'm going to go from this day job to trying drag. And yeah, or even, even if you do have training, I mean, like, just because you have training doesn't guarantee you work like this. This is showbiz and it's a pursuit and you just kind of have to keep running after what you want. You know, yeah. don't get discouraged. If you get discouraged, like you're going to burn out like girl, like it's a long it's a long run. <laughs> what do you think is a reasonable amount of time from for going from open stage to bookings? Honest to God skip open stage and make your own bookings like you should i think be- open stage is valuable i think it's valuable for performance no, I, think I think people need experience you i think play. open stage is valuable if you make it valuable for yourself exactly yeah. you are doing yourself and you are honing yours and you are making it work for you but if you yeah. are just trying to copy people I, like you're boring you're tired like i don't want to see it like it's not interesting that is a very valid argument, but I do believe that also you'll find yourself through trying different things, right? Like some people That's true. are getting out there and don't know who they are yet, right? So they are trying what other people did. That's true. Uh, and hopefully, eventually you'll find your own thing. And that's when the bookings will come, right? Like that's when people are going to start to take notice of you is when you start becoming an individual in drag. Yeah, or not. Maybe you'll never be successful. Like, I mean, I'm still not successful. No one likes me. Um, Okay, another thing, lack of handicap accessibility. I mean, isn't that a a problem citywide? That is a universal thing. I'm going to say that's not at all a drag problem. That isn't everything. It's it's been a problem in comedy. Like, comedy bars venue is down the stairs. Yeah. It took Second City a long time to get a training center that did not have stairs um theaters every i think theaters in general are more accessible like like theater theaters Mm -hmm. um but but yeah no for sure all i I can't think of a drag venue aside from galad day bookshop and maybe garage in the village Mm -hmm. that don't have steps that that you need to get through to get up to get well i think accessibility uh means all kinds of things too you know like there's people with so-called hidden accessibility issues for example mental health issues oh 100 or triggers Mm -hmm. or um heels wearing heels i think (laughs) it but it is because people have fibromyalgia people have yeah issues i don't like 
I yeah, why actually, why are people always coming for people when they're not wearing heels and drag like yes. all, all the time? It's it's like I don't need to walk into the like for myself. I don't need to walk into the club in heels to prove anything to you. No, I never. I'll do. put them on when I want to. <laughs> exactly. Yes, but also if you don't want to wear them on stage, don't wear them on stage. You can Sometimes get out with flats. Like, they, yeah, like. We're not on Drag Race. We're not rocking the runway on Drag Race. Yes. We're at a bar. <laughs> like, Where we're not being paid a lot and we're not, we're not, our insurance is not covered. So yeah. if something happens to my body, who the fuck is going to pay for that? Because mm. OHIP isn't now that we're fucking privatizing healthcare. Tell that to my knee. Um, right? I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm being tested for Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which I don't think I have. <laughs> But the reason for it is because I have a really terrible rheumatologist who doesn't listen to me. Mm. And when I went to see her, it took me years to get in to see her. And once I did, she was like, what do you think this could be? And I was like, well, I've heard of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, but there's also. And then she just cut me off right there. I was like, great, let's get you tested for that. And I was like, but what about fibromyalgia? What about rheumatoid arthritis? Like, What about things that are less rare that I likely have? Mm-hmm. instead of Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and then it took me two years to get an appointment for Ehlers-Danlos and now I just had my phone consultation and I have an, an in-person appointment in like April I think I haven't, I haven't wow. it hasn't been booked yet yeah. but but anyway I have an issue and it's undiagnosed and heels hurt my feet yeah and like Putting on using a zipper hurts my fingers. Like zipping up my outfit hurts my fingers. It's like right. a lot of people have issues that are unseen that people don't know about that they don't complain about every day. Uh, so drag is very much that. Like when people complain about someone not wearing nails or not wearing whatever, like there's no just leave. Yeah, I feel like people, people didn't drag the way they want to. I feel people didn't understand the irony when Alaska wrote the song. If you're not wearing nails, you're not doing drag. Yeah. Um, no, there's, she doesn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's making fun of the fact. <laughs> like she came from the Pittsburgh pits <laughs> of yes. drag. They didn't wear anything. <laughs> she also said everything must be leopard print. How many times have you actually seen her in leopard print? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> come to brazil i mean she she makes fun of every every trope every silly little thing you know like yeah uh, no you can do drag without nails it's fine i mean like i can't i can't have nails on when i'm playing ukulele or whatever exactly Um, yeah you can't i mean maybe you could i don't know some people do it no i mean (laughs) um what's a big one uh was um, misogyny 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 and drag, what does that mean to you? Okay, it means a lot of different things. I think it's a really big umbrella. One of the yeah. main ones is saying that AFAB queens don't belong in drag. Like drag um, clubs and in general, right? Because yeah. I think the bigger thing is like, that kind of makes the assumption that all drag is drag queen. You know, like, right. I, I think misogyny is an issue in general in the world, you know, because yes. of the patriarchal society. Um Yes. But like, what does misogyny mean? I, I guess definitely AFAB queens are just not welcome. Lesbians are not welcome in a lot of queer spaces for ages. I think there's also a pay discrepancy between queens and kings. Yeah. Uh, and that definitely comes from misogyny as well. 
Um, no, there, there, there's a, a lot of like, like saying that women don't belong in queer spaces. Absolutely. Like, why is this woman here? Yeah. Um, meanwhile, most of those women are queer. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. People don't see women as queer beings, which is another issue on its own. So there, there's another thing that I, I, because I do agree with all of this, and I think it's very valid. Um, there's another tricky thing about the misogyny question that is kind of like in the turf territory, which oh, is yeah. dangerous because there's a whole kind of subculture. And I saw articles about this. I just looked it up quickly. Uh, people are still saying that drag is all about making fun of women. Therefore, it's ver- it's practically blackface or something like that. I would say it is specifically TERFs who say that. Like, if you actually believe that, you are a TERF. You yeah. don't understand that a lot of people who do drag are women, are yeah. trans women, are non-binary people who feel like women. Like, it's... And even if I'm, like, for myself, I would consider myself a cis man although i haven't done any like exploration into um my entire gender but Mm -hmm. uh i do drag to honor women because i love women because Mm -hmm. i respect women and i have always been drawn to like strong powerful women and that includes many musical sensations i love to interpret musically so like yeah it's not making fun of women get the fuck over yourself I also think there's a lot of like to appreciate about the quote unquote gender of clothing. Like yes. clothing doesn't really have gender. It uh, Like why can I not as whoever I am, uh, you know, I identify kind of like somewhat non-binary sometimes. Um, uh, but you know, generally he, they, I don't, I don't know. It's complicated, you know? So like, uh, but like they kind of um, why, can I not wear whatever the fuck I want to wear? Like, right. That That's a question, you know, like, is that misogynistic? I don't think so. I think that's kind of a turfy kind of thing to say. Because so, also wearing, wearing women's clothing as a male presenting person out in public is still a dangerous thing for a lot of people in a lot of you areas. Know what, you know, it's misogynistic and whatever else, you know, it, it just the idea of male and female clothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like why? Like, and I mean, why do why do a drag queen say, "Well, you should have to put padding in here and there"? Well, honest to God, like, I mean, a dress is often are fitted for boobs and hips. That's why. <laughs> True. Yeah. Like there I are think, there are clothes that are different, but anyway, sorry. I do think wearing pads is important for some people. There's people. There's some people who can yeah. get away with without wearing it, and there's some people I who agree. need it. And for me, it's all about like the silhouette you're presenting. Yes. And a complete look. I'm not saying it, it's right for everybody, but I'm saying some people need it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's good to explore. Um, yeah. Okay. So misog- that's the thing. Misogyny as a term, I think is a very tricky one. And I'd love to talk about it with people and get their opinions. Yes. Um, So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be bringing on guests this season to talk about these roundtable issues that are plaguing all of us in drag uh, mm -hmm. that a lot of that a lot of us don't talk about enough publicly. I think money is a really big thing that we should all be talking about way more publicly. Oh, yeah. Money in what context? Like money in terms of or in terms of pay, Mm -hmm. uh, how much we're getting paid, but also in terms of like saving because as artists, 
we need to be making our own savings account because we don't have pensions. Mm-hmm. We don't have like all those things that like uh, insurance. We don't have anything that's like put in place to us by a corporation, right? That you would necessarily get if you were working for a bank, if you were working for an insurance company. You know what I mean? If you're working for a real estate agency. You know what? I think that's actually a good thing. Like maybe we should talk about the business of drag. Yes. And like, um, essentially like, well, what does that mean? Like as, as a drag performer, generally you start as a contract worker and what does that mean? Yeah. And like, what are your rights as far as the government of Ontario? I know a couple of years ago, um, the queen Luna Dubois brought up a lot of this stuff with a certain club in town uh-huh. and, um, wrote this whole list of, of stuff. Um, and it was very interesting to see the list because, when you actually, not nothing to say, say Luna, I think that was amazing that she went out and did this. Um, yeah. But like when you actually look at workers' rights in Ontario, she was going after things that workers in Ontario as a contract worker don't even get. <laughs> but should. like, But, but should? Or like, yeah. I mean, I guess we got to talk to Doug Ford about it. Like, <laughs> Well, we can't talk to that guy about anything. <laughs> But, like, we have to acknowledge the realities of what being a contract worker means. And if we want to change it and make our situation better, we have to, you know, change that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make that situation better. But I do hear what you're saying about, well, workers who do have unions don't even get that. However, why not reach for it? You know what I mean? Like, why not ask for it? Why not demand Mm -hmm. it? Because if we don't, then we'll never get it. Yeah. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah. we can't just assume that contract work uh, um, will get that for you. It won't True. unless we acknowledge what it is and uh, ask for more in that yeah. way. You, you can't yeah. just be like, well, this, you know, because like. And I think that's one problem is there's a lot. I think a big problem in our community is the elder drag performers, like the headliners yeah. who have been doing it a really long time because they don't want to help anybody else coming up. They want to stick to their own. They want to keep their gigs. They want to keep their money the way it is. And they don't want anybody else having a piece of the pie. Yeah. It was very telling who did not acknowledge Luna's post, who did not sign it, who did not share it. Uh, And a lot of them were white and a lot of them were doing it for a really long time. Yeah. And, but that's the thing is like, things will only get better for everybody if we all work together to make it better for everybody. There, there's a territorialism I yes. um, in drag, I would definitely say, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of my drag daughter, Messi, for a second, because, you know, I always do. Um, <laughs> but for example, like the comedy queens uh, in Toronto, um, we're doing these drag bingos, it seems like, lately. And yeah. um, <clears throat> we've got a couple bingos running in the city uh, mm-hmm. with Messi Productions. And then... Visa is starting up her drag bingo at, at Comedy Bar Danforth. True. Yeah. And so Messi called me and was like, well, do you think that this is appropriate or is she, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, we don't own drag bingo. Stop being so territorial. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. You know, we got to. Nobody gotta owns anything. That's the thing. None of us, <laughs> none of these ideas are original. Drag bingo has been happening for centuries <laughs> like we don't need to be fighting over that like we just pick your different spaces and let's do it um 
there was a queen, a newer, a newer baby queen who I actually really respect because she's trying to do things that are different in drag as well for herself. And mm-hmm. she DM'd me and said, just so you know, I'm going to be releasing a poster for a show and it's going to say improv on it. And I don't want you to think that I'm stepping on your toes or I'm coming for your gig. <laughs> and I was like, honey, I don't own improv. Like I'm yeah. not here to gatekeep comedy. I'm not doing that. No. Like you, I want you, I want every show in town to build themselves as an improv show. You know what I mean? I want, I want everyone to be trying to do different things like that. So and also, I the funny thing about something like that, you know, they're doing a quote unquote improv show because I think it was happening at a so-called comedy venue somewhere. Um, is that, you know, the two of us, we do our improv show at comedy bar. We've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. We've been doing comedy improv for years. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not that concerned. We're just kind of like, well, I'm glad that you're starting your improv show, but like, we've like, we're far beyond what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be our show. Like we're not threatened. And that's not to say that like, Oh, go ahead and do your little improv show. It's not not at all. all. (laughs) I want you to do it. I want you to go ahead and do it. But it's kind of like, you know, like what, if someone came up to like SNL and was like, is it okay if we do sketch comedy? It's like, right. Go ahead. Like, like I, I'm, I don't have time to care. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm very happy that they're doing it and I support them a hundred percent. But like at the same time, it's like, it's, okay yeah we're doing drag great amazing and i am so happy that there are more and more people out there that are trying to do something different like improv like comedy Mm -hmm. i mean like when vicky was around like she she was just so happy to have us when we started coming up yeah uh, not that long ago yeah you know it's so crazy i know in the last five years it's really the scope has changed a lot hugely yeah anyway there's so many topics to talk about like and and i i have so many interesting uh things planned um we can't cover it all today no we do have a whole season and also i want to reiterate like we're also not trying to save the world we're just trying to talk about some stuff and yeah and like give space to interesting things that should be talked about we're not trying to solve them. We're not trying to be saviors or something like that. We're just trying to talk about stuff. <laughs> Wait, but we haven't talked about this week's episode of Drag Race. So what did you think of it? Well, this week's episode of Drag Race might be old by now. So let's not even talk about it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, everybody who tuned in for Drag Race content. It's <laughs> over for you. Well, I mean, it's not over for you. You can just go over to um, our sister podcast, I guess. Not really semi-qualified, semi-qualified queens yeah, on the Sonar Network. Because those two are going to talk about all the Drag Race. And they were on Drag Race. So, <laughs> so neither of them made it very far. So they're semi-qualified to talk about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Hills... I think we got a good base for a great season. I think that's it. Um, I think we got it going. I hope you follow us to Squirrel Talk and we're going to talk about more stuff. And, you know, if you have out there in the interwebs lands ideas to talk about that are related to drag, we would love to hear your ideas. So Yeah, let us know what topics you think we should be covering this season. Yeah, we want to talk about things. We don't want to keep it too 
heavy or anything like that. We still want to keep it light and talk nice. But, you know, um, if there's any kind of triggering subjects that we're talking about, maybe we'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode, um, that kind of stuff. But, you know, we want to we want to just open things up and talk, talk about drag issues. Yeah. Because, yeah, why not? And we will. Now, please take a moment to go into the rating system of the iPod thing that you're listening to and rate us high and leave us a comment so we know that you're enjoying the show. Yeah, please rate us high and and, um, subscribe. Hit the button that says, I want to listen to you every day and every morning. That's what the button says. Whenever things come out. Because yeah. that that that's generally how things go. <laughs> and make sure you're following us on the Instagram at Squirrel Talk Pod Podcast. What is it? I don't, I don't know. know. You're the one sp- who does that one. You should know. <laughs> I'm gonna um, look it up right now. Oh my god! Podcast Squirrel Talk squir- Podcast. Mm-hmm. And follow me at Selena Vile and this person at Hillary Yaws. Yeah, that is Squirrel Talk Podcast. Is the place the place our meeting place? So if you have. Uh, questions and comments and insecurities definitely dm us there that's probably probably the easiest place to get at us yes we want to talk we want to talk about things there's a lot to talk about okay yeah let's talk yeah all right well it was nice talking to you hills it was nice talking to you too it's been like forever we were trying to plan a brunch tomorrow and well it just fell apart so it was nice to talk with you it was nice to try (sighs) <sighs> it's always nice to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, squirrels, try, try again. Happy 2023. Make it a good year. All that kind of crap. And remember uh, to just go with the flow. Go with the flow. Let the go year take the you. All right. Until next time. Bye. Goodbye now. <laughs> Bye.